excited. We're going to go ahead and pick up. Most of you have been in this class um, as we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're going to continue to see uh, the wise writing of Solomon. Uh, we've looked at just about every way that you can look at something through the, the eyes of a wise, rich king, um, trying to find, um, I guess you could say, happiness uh, on this earth. And remember again that everything in this book that we've talked about so far is things under the sun, this side of heaven, okay? Trying to find true happiness and joy and peace this side of the sun, this side of heaven. And most of us by now, you know, we've got that figured out. We know what the answer is, but, you know, Solomon is, is showing us a lot of good examples. And, you know, I like to look at it as we've talked about in this class that Somebody else has already done it, been there, done that, spent the money, made all the mistakes, did all the bad things, just so we didn't have to, right? But we've got to be able to look at this and read it and understand it and listen to it, right? Because what have we talked about over and over and over, you know, how history seems to repeat itself, doesn't it? We can read something tonight and clearly say, don't do it, you will get hurt. But what does our mind say tomorrow when we're against that same situation? I mean, what, what, what do we do a lot of times? Yeah, that was them. That ain't me. I can do it. Watch this. And then you fail just like they do. So there's a lot of good learning here, a lot of good teaching. We just need to, to read it and see how we can apply it to our lives today. But to fast forward through all, you know, a lot of good stuff, if you ever get a chance to read it, but we're going to go all the way to chapter 10, and we kind of finished up last week, we uh, finished up on verse 15, um, and there was a lot of good examples. I, I would say the last couple chapters, Jim really got excited last Wednesday uh, because there's some good stuff in there, and we thought how cool and how this probably out there, a lot of that is on YouTube uh, as far as some of the things that a man can do that is just foolish. But I would th say the last couple of weeks we've talked about a lot of the stuff has just been good practical information or wisdom, stuff that you can just really apply and see today. Just like to me, I see this whole book and just can see it in today's times just like it was way back then. But the last couple of chapters has just been real down-to-earth stuff that you can read. And like, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense. That's, that's right, you know. And we're going to continue tonight pretty much along those same lines as verses that are pretty easy to understand just by, you know, looking at what they say without really doing a whole lot of digging. But, you know, we can definitely talk about them. And if you've got any comments, like always, just chime in and, you know, let's, let's hear it and let's, of course, talk about it. But verse 15, um, last week, let me get to 15. Uh, so I'm going to pick up with 16, okay? Verse 16, <clears throat> I'm going to read 16 and 17. It says, Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princess feast in the morning. Print, not princess, princess, feast in the morning. <laughs> you might want to read that in case I didn't say it to where you can understand it. Follow along on that one. Verse 17, Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time for strength 
and not for drunkenness. Okay, I mean, this, like I said, this is pretty, what do y'all think that says just at first glance? If you just, somebody want to take a stab at it. Like I said, don't don't look into it too deep. Just look at what it says, and yep, and that's exactly if you if you look at it, sixteen and seventeen, they're pretty much opposites, right? Sixteen is talking about the youth and uh, feasting in the morning, and then seventeen kind of shifts over, uh, talking about the prince, you know, feast at the proper time, and he does it for strength and not for drunkenness. So you can kind of look at this a few different ways. I think one is kind of like the irresponsible behavior of a child or somebody that's not quite as mature, you know, they're going to wake up in the morning and, hey, let's have a good time. What can we do today? Start drinking and partying or whatever and pretty much taking care of themselves first, right? You know, take, I'm going to take care of me before you take care of your people, so to speak, which, as you know, as a leader or a prince or someone over, you know, a number of people, you tend to take care of your people, right? A good leader is going to take care of their people first, and then he's going to take care of himself. You know, he's going to know when the right time to eat is and when the right time to do things and when the right time for his people to do the same, right? Um, so it's kind of looking at two, diff- two different shifts. One is immature in verse 16, and then 17 is talking about a mature king and how his wisdom is going to, he's going to know the right things to do and when to do them, Mike. That's right. You're just going to lay around and sleep. You're going to be lazy. And you're right. And we'll go ahead and uh, jump on into 18 if you want to. And we'll, we'll just kind of keep going on that. Um, 18 says, because of laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. And that's right to Mike's point. You know, you, you can relate that to the, the verse we just read about what have we said through the whole thing? Eat, drink, and be merry, and let's just be lazy. And you, you tend to forget about the things that need to be taken care of in the in the house. And um, things start to, you know, if you think about the rafters start sagging, that's kind of like phase one, right, of neglect. But then what happens right after that? They're going to collapse, and they're going to start leaking. So, Jim? All right. But all good points, and that's, you know, like Mike said, it kind of can roll over from from the previous verse, and then it's just showing that, again, it could be the immature side of things, you know, and and let's face it, can we all be guilty of this? I mean, it's easy to turn away from something that needs to be done, right? You know you need to do something or whatever, and it's going to, as we keep going, we're going to talk a little bit more about it, but a lot of times we tend to put things off. I, I, I know Flo, not long ago, made comment about that. She's not here, but I don't know why I pointed there, but she would be kind of just beside Austin there, but uh, if she was here. Uh, but she made mention of that, that she had a list of things to do, and she never got it done. But if she just would have took the time and just knocked them out, it would have been done. But we don't do that. We just tend to, to put it off and put it off, and then it don't get done, and the roof falls in, and things leak. And then it's kind of like my dad taught me when I was real young, uh, when something breaks, fix it. Because if you don't fix it then, guess what? That's going to turn into something else breaking. Something else is going to break. And before you know it, you can't fix it, or it's going to cost so much money to get it fixed. You can't afford it or, or whatever. But it's best to address something when that very first little thing breaks. And, Scott, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's, you know, preach the same thing. But 
All righty, well, let's keep on going then. That, I think that one, like I said, that verse there was, was pretty was pretty cut and dry and to the point there. Um, and also, too, remember, kind of another view, I guess, real quick, that you could think about. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about it, kind of going, you know, when you see something needs to be done, go ahead and do it. Because what did we read a couple of weeks ago about our time here on this earth? You remember, it was pretty specific when it said, one day, you're not going to have time to do anything because why? Because you're going to be in the grave. It, I mean, it's straight to the point said, do things now when you can. Plan things out. Get things done. Get them off your list. Do whatever you want to do. You don't be lazy, just like he's talking about here, because it's not going to be long. Your time's up. Game over, and you're in the grave. You're dead, and you're, of course, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be doing anything at that point. So don't be lazy. Get things done uh, while you still have an opportunity to do it. All right, let's keep going. Verse 19. It says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Kind of heard that before, hadn't we, in this book. What, what do you think that's kind of? referring to and I, I again it kind of reminds me of the under the sun thinking you know it almost goes right along with the eat drink and be merry doesn't it um, but he threw that one part in there it says and money answer money is the answer to everything what does that mean okay everything's going to cost something all right that's that's right yep and I did see something I read a little bit about that and didn't really go too far into it but you're right, and and the way I kind of looked at that too is kind of like the foolish king or whatever. They just want to eat, drink, and like you said, money will take. And we think about that today too. Is what I was thinking. How can this apply today? Well, kind of going back to the previous verses, we kind of turn our eyes away from something, and we tend to want to just have a good time, right, and eat and be merry. And then when it comes to the money part, kind of like the king was saying. Don't a lot of people think they can buy their way out of th stuff? They can throw money at it and make problems go away and, and that sort of thing. You know, like Jim said, the king, he's got everything he wants, all the tax money coming in from the people. You know, he can just throw money at it. And we, we think today we can do the same thing, right? We can just throw money at a problem and things will go away. Uh, you know, eat, drink, and be merry and let's have fun and, and you know, throw money at everything else. So... All right, well, let's keep on going then. Uh, we're going to finish out this chapter, uh, verse 20. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in this verse 20. It says, do not curse the king even in your thought. Do not curse the rich even in your bedroom. For a bird of the air may carry your voice, and a bird in flight may tell the matter. Well, there's a lot of phrases in there that we use today, isn't there? Y'all see which ones I'm talking about? A little bird told me. Yeah, a little bird told Or, you know, I've got a couple wrote down. This, what's the one about if these walls could talk and, you know, the loose lips, something, sink ships, uh, all of them, you could just see that in that verse right there. But, you know, what he's talking about, you know, and, and that's true. How many times have you heard people say something? I mean, you've been in conversations before. You thought that were very, very private, hadn't you? 
And then the next day, did you hear what I heard or so-and-so? I'm like, how did you hear that, you know? I don't know. Some little bird told me, you know, kind of the same thing. You got to be careful what you say. If you don't, you know, it's all saying, if you ain't got nothing good to say, you best not say nothing at all because somebody's going to hear it somehow, some way. And that's kind of what this verse is saying. You know, if you're kind of gives you a couple of different scenarios um, about who can hear it and when they hear it and, you know, and how that can, how it can, you know, move on to, to somebody else and you don't really know how, you know, cause, or somebody is always listening. But, of course, God's always listening if you want to take that to the next level. That, that's one good reason why us as Christians, we should never find ourselves uh, gossiping or talking behind somebody's back or talking, you know, about another Christian or, or anybody behind their back for that matter. You know, I think we're all mature enough and been taught and know and read our Bible that, if you have a problem with a, somebody, especially a brother or sister, who do you go talk to about it? You talk to them about it. You know, if I got a pro- problem with Roger, I'm not going to go to Steve or Austin or somebody. It's like, man, y'all know what Roger did? I cannot believe he did or said this. No, I'm going to go to Roger, and we can, as adults, talk about it and work it out. There's no sense in us going behind each other's back. Um spreading rumors or gossip or whatever, you know, and we get that, I know, you know, that's, but it's easy to do, isn't it? It's easy to get tied up and overhear conversations, and a lot of times, what will people try to use that for when they hear something about somebody else? What do they typically try to use that for, especially in the workplace? Leverage. They try to use that against somebody to better them or put them in a better position or make them more money or make them look better, right? But I tell you what, when somebody comes to me and tries to use that same tactic, man, it's easy to see through that person because all of a sudden I've already, I've just labeled that person as, okay, can't be trusted. I mean, you know, if he's going to go behind their back and tell me that, I'll never tell him anything because he's going to go behind my back and tell them that, you know? So it works both ways, you know. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. So, all right, anything as we close out chapter 10, we'll just move right over into uh, 11. All right, so starting off in chapter 11, it's going to talk, it's going to go to kind of, you know, talk about a few different, a different direction here. And these first couple verses, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys say and what y'all Y'all's input is because as I was studying and reading and and I guess if it applies and it fits, you could look at this in however, you know, a couple of different ways if if it makes sense and you know it, it kind of works out the same. But I kind of read a couple of different ways that people have looked at these verses uh through the years and kinda like I said, just want to see what y'all say. Um Let's read verse 1 of chapter 11. It says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. You want to say, you want to kick that one off? Yeah, go ahead. I'm Before I tell you what I'm going to say, I want you to. That's right. That's fun to do, though. I do that. Yep. So that's, I did, and, and it uh, kind of along, along that lines, if you think about Solomon, him being the king he was and as powerful as he was, there was a lot of 
exporting and shipping and that sort of thing. Like, So there you go. So if anybody was familiar, like Jim said, it was going to be Solomon to write that kind of verbiage. Um, so I, you know, I can agree with that. And then there's a couple other ones that, you know, some people thought this could mean do good unto other people. Um, you know, like casting the bread upon out on the water is kind of like spreading good deeds and helping people when you can, helping people that are in need that need your help. Uh, because in the end, as we're going to read, it's going to, you know, can come back to you where one day you're going to need help too. Karen? Yep. And that's the third thing I, I, I saw as well. And this is one, I guess, you know, it's kind of hard to, to grasp today that thinking that they thought about it back then. But, um, yeah, like investing or um, like buying rental property or something. Some, taking your money and investing it in something for later on down the road uh, that would make you have a return to it or you'll better yourself or be better for it. And I was reading that and thinking about that, and I thought, man, that's pretty pretty forward-thinking for back in these days as far as making investments and, and that sort of thing. Jeff? Yep, it's a good investment. And that's why I made that comment before we even started on Chapter 11 that I think you can look at this in a few different ways, you know, kind of like Jim, how he started out with shipping goods across the sea. Two, is it? throwing crumbs in the water, helping other people, so to speak, sharing your wealth and your knowledge. And like Jeff said, building friendships that will last forever that one day may come back around to help you. Or is it investing your money for the future? You know, like I said, buying rental, rental property or stocks and bonds, gold and silver or whatever, that one day that's going to come back around as well and you'll prosper from that. Karen? Yeah. But I think we could all agree, right, that that could be any of them things that we talked about. You know, it could be, you know, however the game may come, whether it be material things or investment things, or as Jeff mentioned, friendships. You know, that's an investment too, right? We invest in each other, building relationships, um, because we need each other. That's how we grow. And like we said, one day, you know, or every day, we need to lean on each other. But, you know, you never know when you're really going to need a friend to step up and fill a gap for you and be there for you. So that's why I was thinking when I read it, you could really look at it, I guess, in you know a few different ways. So Luke six thirty eight says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, and will put and put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So Kind of says the same thing there, doesn't it? All right, chapter 11, verse 2 says, Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. And that, that kind of goes along, if you think about it, uh, with verse 1 as far as giving your blessings and expanding your blessings, right? Um, just like we just talked about uh, in verse 1 there. Um, and kind of where Karen was going to, where, you know, sowing what you've laid out there because you don't know which one's going to be, you know, the increase or good or bad. But we do it anyhow, you know, knowing that there is going to be a return on it, the good things are going to come. But, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on too, 
a lot of times as Christians, that's how we are today, right? We, we know things that we do and why we do some of the things we do because we read it in the Bible, right? And we know that's what we're supposed to do. But do we ever do things because that we don't really know the outcome or we're not real sure how it's going to end or where this is going to lead us or whatnot? But we do it anyhow, right? And that's a lot what this is talking about. But why do we do that? As Christians especially, why in the world would we do things as Christians if we wasn't sure in our, in our human mind that it was going to benefit us or there was going to be good in the end? How can we still be bold and go forward and do the things that we do? Because why? We got somebody behind us that does know the way, that does, he knows everything, and that's Christ. God, we put our faith and our hope in Christ. So, therefore, we got to step out in faith a lot of times. That's why we do a lot of things that we do. We might not understand everything. It may go sideways or it may go this or that, but we know that God is the one that's in control and he knows how it's going to end, right? And we don't have to know everything. We're never going to know everything. Okay. Because <laughs> we know plans don't always go out. We talked about that a few weeks ago. How such a planner you are, Jim, but, you know, how many times do you have plans go wrong? We can be the best planners in the world, and guess what? It ain't going to go that way. It ain't going to go that way because we're not in total control. Good point. All right, let's, any, any other comments? Let's look at verse 3 then. I think this makes some, uh, some pretty good some pretty good comments as well. <coughs> it says, If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. Now what in the world is this talking about? If the clouds are full of rain, they're going to empty themselves upon the earth. Sounds about like what a cloud would do, isn't it? And if a tree falls to the south or the north in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. What does that mean, guys? That's right. And we, yep, and we're going to talk about that some more in the next verse, too, but you're right on. That's exactly right. I mean, we never know. We're never going to be ready. Things are always changing, uh, and some things are inevitable. I mean, we know that clouds... That's a natural thing for a cloud to do, right? It's going to fill up and it's going to dump out water. And a tree's going to fall, it's going to fall, and it's going to lay there. Um, but, well, and I think, just thought about like Frankie when he came home from school this past week. He had his whole trip planned out. He was going to be home at a certain time. He told us what time he was going to be home. He had stopped and grabbed gas, food. I mean, he was on track. And we were sitting there just all excited waiting for him. And then the phone rang. He was on the side of the road with a flat tire. On top of that, it was a brand new tire that had a flat. We had just put that tire on there, and that thing blew out again. So you tell me he planned that. I mean, he had his, his trip mapped out to the T to within 10 minutes of when he was going to be home. And just like that, it took him an extra two hours to get home. So, you know, that's, you know, we got to keep moving forward and do what we do. 
But you got to be ready for life to throw its punches at you too because it's going to happen. It's always going to happen. Jeff? And that's a whole other lesson in itself about worrying. We worry about, what, 80 or 90% of things we worry about never even happen. So good comment. All right, well, let's read verse 4 since we keep talking about it. Let's go ahead and just read. Verse 4, as he, obs- <coughs> he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds uh, will not reap. Okay, I was going to keep on going. Let me keep on. Let's, hey, let's just stop there. So that right there tells you exactly what everybody has already been saying. Um, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. So to me, what that's saying is what Jeff kind of ended his thought with. If you wait for conditions to be perfect, like Karen said, if you wait till you're fully educated and have all the money you need to raise kids before you have kids, you're never going to have a child because you're never going to be ready. Um, just like if you're watching, uh, just like the wind, just imagine dropping seeds in a field to plant and the wind's blowing. And the farmer's thinking, man, I, you know, I can't do that. The timing's not right there uh, because the wind's blowing. Uh, or if the clouds, you know, it might start raining or whatever. But guess what? If all these what ifs and what ifs, or if I do that, what about this? Just like everybody already said, you're never going to get anything done. You're never going to do anything. Because there's always going to be what ifs. There's always going to be certain circumstances that's going to keep you from doing something. Yeah. But as we know and as we read, you just gotta you gotta do it. No, you just gotta keep going going, you gotta do what you have planned on doing and do what you do. Because it mentions a little bit later on too, because as Karen alluded to earlier, I mean, yeah, it may work and it may not, but guess what? You gotta keep doing it, you gotta keep trying, you gotta keep moving forward. You know, you can't let these obstacles keep you from, from doing things. So good point. Anything else? Let's go ahead and grab verse 5 as well. It says, as you do not know what is the way of the wind. Again, it's kind of going, you know, the same principle. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her, of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Doesn't that just kind of sum it all up right there in the end? Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you what, we've talked about the wind in this class because it was in several chapters before. Um, you know, the, the wind, we can hear it and we know what it does. We know it's out there, but we can't control it. We can't control the wind more than we can control the rain or the sun coming up and down, right? It's going to be there and it's going to happen. But the thing that's kind of cool to me, it says, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. Go ahead and figure that one out. Can any of us figure that out? I mean, if you think about that one, there's, yeah, you're right. There's no way. How you can't see it, and you, you like I said, you know what's happening, but we could never figure out how it's happening. You know, that's definitely a, a God thing there, which it says right there in the end of verse five. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. It's God. God's in control. God controls everything, and we and we've talked about that over and over. Man's ways and our thoughts are not God's ways and thoughts. We think we know what's best. We think we know what we should do and how we should do it. We even tell other people how to do stuff. Whoa, man, you're, whoa, whoa, hey, you're, you're, you know, you need to be blah, blah, blah. 
God's the one that's in control. God's the one that's calling the shots and telling us how we are to live our lives, you know? It's when we think we're wiser than God, that's when trouble starts, right? When we think we know better than God or our ways are better than his ways, you're in trouble. Every time you're in trouble, it's not going to end well at all for you. All right, let's stop right there because before I get into this next section, that way we have plenty of time. So we're stopping at verse right before 6. Thank you all.